You're listening to The Rouge Report, brought to you by Young's Equipment, your Vaterstad headquarters. As this year's crop goes in the bin, it's never too early to plan for next year's seeding season. Vaterstad's seed hawk seeders are known for their ability to maximize the potential of your plant. Vaterstad, precise, reliable. Remember to go to youngs.ca to use the podcast code ROUGE, that's R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a rider's prize package. Welcome to The Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment. I'm Cody Fajardo. And I'm Isaac Harker. Follow along as we tackle CFL topics one point at a time. A Rough Rider podcast. Episode 17 of the Rouge Report. We got a doozy of an episode today. Cody, we're going over some... uh, make-believe fantasy basketball with some CFL players. We're the GMs. We're covering NFL football. We're covering the playoffs, and we're covering biggest fears. So a great episode ahead. A lot of NFL action. A lot of games that were very hard to watch for me, um, but there was a lot of very uh, talented play. Um, but the, I think the talk of the town's got to be the Cowboys giving up 49 points to the Browns. To the Browns? <laughs> The three and one Browns with a hurt Chubb, man, that I don't know. That's crazy to me that the Browns put up 49, but they've been scoring 30 in every game. So are they legit this year? I think the Browns, I mean, they starting off three and one, but they've had trouble in the past where everyone like crowns them Super Bowl champions in the off season. So hopefully they can keep the train rolling. If Odell Beckham can stay consistent like he is, and they don't have to lean so heavily on the run game. Cause now that uh, Nick Chubb's out, uh, they'll be a much better team. But I will tell you this, that offensive line is really good for the Browns. And Baker Mayfield does not have to win the game on himself. He just has to manage the game and make a couple throws and uh, continue to hand the ball off to guys like Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah, uh, just a quick aside. Did you see Odell's Twitter rant before the game? No, uh-uh, I did not. Dude, he was like manically tweeting like all about how the grind is so hard and nobody understands and like he's going to keep getting that bread regardless of what anybody thinks like just like on a manic episode and then he goes off for three touchdowns the next game so I was like hey whatever you got to do to get yourself going <laughs> if it takes you to get to Twitter if, if that if he's a receiver for me and, and you got to go off like that on Twitter to go off on the field by all means do that every week the way he was tweeting it almost looked like he was on like <laughs> dude like a pc because he was typing so fast and just <laughs> rattling him off back to back you think he probably has one of those sidekick phones where it flips up and you got that <laughs> old keyboard i had one of those i thought i was so cool when you flipped it up but those uh, were gnarly did you yeah. have the one that flipped both ways no just one way oh okay yeah i had the I knockoff mean... i didn't have like the legit <laughs> sidekick i had like the knockoff version <laughs> that's fair that's fair Uh, Looking at some of the other scores, anyone surprise you? The one game I watched in the afternoon that was so boring was the Colts-Bears game. I had a great game. High hopes for Foles and uh, him, the way he looked last week, coming in late off the bench and then to have his own start. To his credit, I guess, the Colts have a really good defense, um, but that game was so hard to watch. I think the one that jumps off the page, though, is the Eagles beating the Niners at home. How'd you feel about that game? I heard, like, I saw somewhere that Jalen Hurts was starting. So I was, like, telling people, yeah, Jalen Hurts is starting. They're like, no, he's not. I'm like, I saw it. <laughs> so I was surprised to see one starting, but I am can't believe they won. Was it on the internet? Because it had to be true. 
Oh yeah, on the internet. It was Abraham Lincoln tweeted it. So, you know, it's got to be true. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that was crazy. Uh, Wentz was on his way out. Philadelphia media was hounding him and he basically put that team on his back and found a way to beat a, a very good but banged up Niners team um at their home place and it's hard to travel all the way obviously to San Francisco and play, but I I didn't think Mullins played very well. Uh what was really cool about that game was the CFL Defensive Player of the Year getting six, man, that is pretty uh, pretty awesome, and it looked pretty cool because it got uh, the CFL some much needed recognition on a Sunday night football game, which was pretty cool. Chris Collinsworth gave the nod to all of Calgary fans too. That was pretty cool as well. Yeah, that was cool. Just to hear it, and and I sent out a tweet, and I think it's important for people to know that we have some talented guys in the CFL, and time and time again, I said this that. We have guys show out in the NFL. You look at um, guys like Ty Long. Bagleton was getting some PT last night for the Packers. Yeah, he too. was. They, they got a banged up uh, wide receiver core, so he, he's got his opportunity. But, um, yeah, it just like it just seems like every time we have guys go down, they get an opportunity to play. They play well. So I'd be remiss to not acknowledge my former teammate, Robert Tanyan Jr., getting three touchdowns last night on Monday Night Football. Wow. It, it was pretty cool. There's a, a tweet I saw that you retweeted and it was a picture of you, him and two other guys. And like, I look like a golf cart and it was like <laughs> Aaron, between these four guys, Aaron Rodgers has thrown three touchdowns or something to one to them. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I, I found that uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Cause like a guy that you've like stayed up till like four in the morning playing NCAA tug of war mode with, and you're like, wow, he's on TV scoring three touchdowns on Monday night football. It's kind of surreal. Yeah, one of my favorite ones is when he he fell down and then got up and was still so wide open and Rodgers just drops him an easy touchdown. Should I get him on my fantasy team? You're definitely going to want to pick him up because I foresee even more production coming from him in the future. How did your fantasy team share out this week? Well, I was in really good shape going into the Monday night's games and I won one league like just easy claps like GG kid get absolutely wrecked but the other league i was like okay i need 40 points between matt ryan and calvin ridley easy dubs right and julio went out of the game so yeah i'm thinking absolutely just easy dubs and then i they the falcons just proceed to get clapped and matt ryan can't do anything he scores like 20 points calvin ridley with the goose egg so it's tough had, had zero he had zero when i checked last in the fourth quarter let me see real quick if he was able to get any points but in the meantime let's talk about our nfc east leading eagles one two and one at the top of the division that reminds me of the toronto argonauts in 2017 four and seven <laughs> first in the west baby and i was telling some of my buddies about that story because i think they're what one two and one and then the washington football clubs one and three and they're in second and then the uh bills are what one and three and then there's one more team that's i think Ofer gopher mm-hmm uh the giants giants yeah the giants have looks I, odell beckham has more touchdowns than the giants that's crazy to me <laughs> and they traded him yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> some bad trades you look at the texans they lost their head coach uh and gm and gm yeah they just promoted him to gm head coach and then fire him four games in and you trade your best player deandre hopkins you know if you don't win games you are on the hot seat like to make a big move like that, you know you're on the hot seat. And now they're 0-4 with 
the highest payroll I saw. They're paying their their guys the highest payroll in the NFL, and they can't win a game. Tough to see. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, Bill O'Brien was just like asking for it on the low with all the moves he's making, and then proceed to start the season over. Not a good look. Is Deshaun Watson worth all that money that they gave him? Shoot, he sure looked like it after last year. So it's hard to. That's one move that I wouldn't like give him too much like flack for but i mean the deandre hopkins trade was absolutely atrocious yeah that was a bad trade by him and they lost like Jadavion Clowney. that was two years ago but mm-hmm. jj watts getting a little bit older and a little bit more banged up right he's just not the same guy that he used to be that defense used to be unreal and keep him in every game and now they lost to the or they lost to the oh and three vikings which was another team that was kind of like where how are they oh and three they got so much talent I was looking at this tweet the other day. It's like the the Texans are 0-4 to start the season, and I forget what team, but X team has their first, second, and fourth round picks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that year. is brutal. I think it's wow. the Dolphins. I think it's the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, who? Okay, let's go. Who are you taking NFC champ and AFC champ right now after four weeks? NFC champ. I'm going Packers Seahawks in the NFC Championship. Okay. Packers yeah, take like it. That. Wow. Mm, yes. And it doesn't matter where they play. Like, because mm-hmm. both those games, if it's played in Green Bay, Green Bay probably wins. But if it plays, it's played in Seattle, Seattle probably wins. But with no fans, it's just who's got the better team. Yeah, they might as well play in a parking lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. NFL street style. Ooh, dude. Great game. Great game. Are there's you, what, there's two active players from the NFL Street game that came out in 2002. Can you name them both? Tom Brady. Yes. And ooh, you got uh, it. Is he quarterback? Yes, he is. Um, oh, Philip Rivers. No, no, your friend uh, Logan Kilgore has a title. Oh, uh, Drew Breesy. Yes, Drew those are the Brees. only two active players left from that game. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I was watching the Bucks chargers game. Guess how old, maybe you heard it, but guess how old Justin Herbert was when Tom Brady made his NFL debut? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Five? Two years old when Tom <laughs> Brady made his NFL debut. That was, it was the biggest gap in uh, quarterback age ever um, between those two. And the Chargers put up a fight. They only lost seven. The Bucks had to come back in that game and barely pulled it off uh, with a touchdown. Yeah. Tom Brady, perfect passer rating in the second half. And, and their defense gave up 31. That's what's crazy at home where the Chargers team traveling from the West coast to the East coast. That's the only thing I think about. And, and we can attest to that because flying from, it's a little bit easier in Regina because you're kind of middle of Canada. But when I played for Toronto, or BC, anytime we had to make that trip all the way across Canada, playing in a different time zone, and you have that long flight, and you know you got that long flight back, it's really tough just to get your body going and then going again at the week after. So that's what I take uh, into account in a lot of these games, even without fans, is how far did they have to travel uh, in order to play this game? Yeah, no but doubt. You got to give me your AFC. So you got your NFC, you got the Packers, Hawks, and you said the Packers taking it AFC-wise. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Okay, yeah. so I mean the the Chiefs are are in it for sure. Yeah, they're, they're in just... the AFC Championship, and they are going to play. Wait for it, the Tennessee Titans. What? That's a panic pick. Huge panic pick by you. No, I no, know, no. 
two teams much better than the Tennessee Titans right now. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the Bills. Bills, for sure. Wrong. And who's the other team? <laughs> and you're also going to say the Ravens. Ravens, yeah. And you're going to be, and you're going to be wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those two teams are much better. I, I will guarantee that the Titans aren't in the AFC Championship game. We can't sports bet, so let's just do a gentleman's bet. Let's do, um, how about a dinner when we get back into Canada? Absolutely. I'm, I'm on it. All right. Where are we going, though? The uh, keg? The keg? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, Same way, dude. Always Easy. solid. Always solid. Yep. Um, here's kind of a little off topic, but here's a fun fact for you. There's only two places that do not sell, two countries, I guess, that do not sell Pepsi or Coca-Cola products. Do you know which two? Um, Two countries, huh? Yeah. Gonna, uh, knee-jerk says Iraq. No. Am I in the right area? No. Uh, Asia area or no? Europe? Yeah, yeah. Asia area. So Japan? No. Think about the most craziest place where they would obviously not have. Oh, North Korea. North Korea. <laughs> North, Korea. <laughs> North Korea. The other one's kind of hard. It's Cuba. Cuba. Yeah, I guess it's something with the uh, U.S. trade exchange and something, I don't know, along that line. So imagine <laughs> something that's more intelligent than I can think of. But imagine though, not ever having an opportunity to taste Pepsi or Coke. That's Dude, that means no cherry Pepsi after big that's, dubs. That's why it's a big thing for me. Because that's why you couldn't play in the CFL, the Cuban Football League. The Cuban Football League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys, I hope you guys don't have – they said – in this article, it said you can find it, but it's very expensive. So imagine some guy Ooh. being like, "Hey, man, I got the goods." Oh, you <laughs> Pulls do? open his jacket. <laughs> He's just got a warm Pepsi soda can. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's half. Way. It's half gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and there's a straw in it. You have to drink from the straw. Are you doing it, dude? If it's been that long, I might do it. <laughs> And if I get to pour a little bit of grenadine in it, because it didn't Ooh. say anything about grenadine being banned, mm-hmm. I'm, de- I'm definitely all over that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a great time. <laughs> uh, looking forward to next uh, next week in the NFL. Any games um, that are jumping off to you? Oh, here we go. Bills Titans next week. Oh, buddy. Yeah, we're we're definitely we're definitely gonna be texting during that one. Okay. Yeah. That that's right there. Perfect. That that's what we needed. That one is gonna be a good game. Um. Other than that, this does not, not look like a solid schedule. Nothing's jumping off the page. <laughs> Panthers, yeah. Falcons, toilet bowl. No, the Bucks and Bears. Bears look terrible, even though they got three and one record. Cardinals, Jets. Jets look abysmal. Chargers, Bengals, Saints looks good. If the kid shows up, yeah, that's true. That's the only thing. Vikings, Seahawks. If the Vikings can figure it out, but. Cowboys, Giants, brutal. Maybe the Giants can finally score 30. Browns, <laughs> Colts. That's that's probably going to be the best game. Browns, yeah. Colts. Mm-hmm. 425 Man. start. Get some hot dogs going. Hot dogs? Yeah. Glizzies, dude. On the no grill. Way, dude. You got to get uh, some salmon going, some nachos. Every Sunday I make a feast breakfast, though. I'm that talking. <laughs> 
hash browns, bacon, eggs, waffles, uh, sausage, and I'm stuffed until the night game. That sounds great. I mean, the one time I came over, you're like, hey, let's watch the games. I made nachos. I'm like, cool. I'm thinking like you warmed up nachos with like sprinkle cheese on them in the microwave. I come over and there's this <laughs> huge plate of nachos piled high. Dude, we, we everything. We had everything on. We didn't even finish that. You had like four nachos, like four chips. I was like, dude, come on, eat a little bit more. I know you don't like to eat, but give me something. <laughs> Cause I was looking out for your, your mom's like, Hey, just make sure he's eating. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to make some sweet nachos for Isaac to come over, gain some weight and feel good about himself. Uh, <laughs> Cause she knows you best that you were just drinking coffee and eating, you know, something quick. I did come over with a Timmy H's. I do remember that. That was good. Yeah. You love that place. I will. I, the Timmy H, um, Hot chocolate with peppermint in it. Ooh, man, that's it. When it gets around the holiday season, that's that's my that, go-to. That was Coach Walsh's drink when he would win the uh, quarterback gentleman's fantasy bet. Yeah, that that was fun. Didn't we pick? Yeah, we just picked the we picked a quarterback. Yeah, so in the quarterback room, just so our listeners can know, we picked one quarterback for the week, but we took like the top three guys, maybe four guys who are playing easy opponents off the board. And if your quarterback scored the most fantasy then you had to bring in breakfast or right. Was it breakfast for the yeah, breakfast people? or if coach Walsh won, he didn't want breakfast. He wanted a uh, hot chocolate, hot chocolate. Yeah. With peppermint. I, I think I only lost once. Maybe you just didn't want to be the last guy. You're yeah. like, and you couldn't recycle picks. So like if somebody picked Russell Wilson last week, you couldn't pick him the next week until you like go through all the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. Also, someone else could pick Russell, but you couldn't go right. Russell each week, right? And usually mm-hmm. we pick it by what oldest got to pick first or youngest. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it switched on and off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was fun. That and Friday Friday morning breakfast when we had uh, Brian Bennett bring us bring us breakfast <laughs> when he was riding his uh, skateboard to practice in the snow. <laughs> Dude, no, no, he he. So I didn't want him to pick it up, but my license plate got stolen the day before. (laughs) So I'm like, hey, dude, I'll pick you up. No problem. He's like, oh, you're the goat. So I drive over. I get pulled over. (laughs) He's like, you don't have a license plate. I'm like, trust me. I know it got stolen. I filed a police report. He's like, where are you headed? I'm like, the stadium. He's like, what do you do there? Because I don't look like a football player. I'm like, I kind of (laughs) play. He's like, oh, no way. He's like, good luck this weekend. Try and get a new license plate. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I forgot you got your license plate stolen. What is someone driving around with a Indiana license plate, you think? Oh, I'm sure they're doing hit and runs too and everything. They're just <laughs> running rampant. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, that, if you saw fans and listeners, if you see a Indiana license plate, you know whose it is. <laughs> Report it to the police immediately. <laughs> yeah, let's let's reunite Isaac with his license plate. That's our uh, number one goal. Unless I'm back up in Canada next year. If you see it next year, just go ahead and hold off on calling the police. It might actually be me. <laughs> Are you going to drive the caddy up next year? Oh, yeah. It's all primed and ready to roll. It is, huh? You were so pissed you didn't have the caddy. Well, did I tell you why? Your brother wrecked it, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, day, the day before my dad's going to drive it up, my brother runs it through a mailbox and the mailbox goes through the windshield. I'm I'm so intrigued by this story. You never really told me the details of it. First of all, how does he hit a mailbox? Because that, that's hard enough as is. And second of all, 
did was it his house was it your guys's house or was it someone else's house okay you're actually gonna love this story so i mean i don't (laughs) (laughs) so he's driving with his friend he said he looks down to mess with the radio and he like swerves to the side a little bit the the mailbox is like kind of sticking over the road just a little bit like i mean per usual mailbox i guess Uh so the very top of the mailbox just like went through the bottom right hand corner of the windshield and like it's somebody else's mailbox so my dad leaves a note and says like hey just get get yourself a new mailbox like here's my address we'll make it square after you get the new mailbox and (laughs) my dad gets a bill in the mail for like two hundred dollars they got the top of the line mailbox they got the cadillac of mailboxes dude (laughs) I love it. Like, what the hell is that? They probably got the metal, like the metal one, because they're like, I'm not letting this happen again. <laughs> if this guy's still on the road, I need to protect myself. Yeah. Uh, 200 bucks for a mailbox? I that would like, hurt. That your is, brother, did your brother have to do extra chores or anything? I mean, he, my dad made it square around the house <laughs> with some, some bonus activities and stuff. But That's good, yeah. Yeah, so he, he worked through it. So the caddy's windshield, was it completely shattered or just chipped? I think it was like the bottom right-hand corner was broken up like to where like air could come inside and everything. So the whole thing had to be replaced. Like they couldn't just fix like a chip or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're driving up the caddy, dude. What color is the caddy again? Silver. You're, you're going to have to post that on, on the Twitter when we release this episode so everyone can get a visual of it. 2002 Cadillac DeVille. It's a luxury vehicle. <laughs> it's got to be a luxury it's a caddy baby oh man top of the line only that thing's got some stories to tell i'm sure <laughs> the guy who drove it before me it only put like forty thousand miles on it and it was pristine condition so all the stories are pre- i'm pretty sure are coming from me <laughs> was it an older gentleman yeah yeah <laughs> oh man like only drove it to church every sunday it seemed like yeah that's the weekend car for him <laughs> oh yeah the low rider and now it's your everyday car. Oh, how yes, the sir. tables have turned. Direct West is a proud sponsor of The Rouge Report. Are you a busy business owner needing help with your marketing? Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape? That's where Direct West comes in. Let them help with over 100 years of expertise at directwest.com. Um, I think we have a new segment we want to do where we um, pick or co-GMs this week. And we pick our best starting five plus one off the bench um, basketball team with CFL players. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And before we get started, I want to give a shout out to the guy who gave us the idea for the segment last week and then also hit us up with this idea for the segment this week. I'm going to start having to put him on payroll. But, <laughs> okay, so he's on Instagram. His Instagram is Will Meme Powells. It's all CFL memes. So he's going off of the William Powell, like uh, play on words, the pun, but big shouts to that guy for giving us ideas. Does he just message you? Yeah. Just hits me on in the DMs. is like, Hey, I came up with another great segment. I'm like, Hey, slow it down or I might have to start paying you. Yeah. Or, or we might just kick you off the show and put him on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's got to be careful. He's going to, he's going to run me out of a job. um, All right. Let's, let's talk about some players here. Who are you thinking? Who, if you got number one pick, who who's jumping off the screen for you? 
there's if I had the number one pick, it's between two people. And I, should I just go ahead and say both? Let's take them both. Yeah, if you if you feel that good about them. Yeah. So Willie Jefferson and AC Leonard. I feel like they're both. I mean, great size, great athleticism, with good hands. Like yeah. obviously, they're both like picking off balls left and right. And AC used to be a tight end, so I feel like it'll translate really well. I've heard that the QBs over there in Hamilton would always play basketball and that Masoli has wicked handles. So coming off an ACL, but I think I'm still taking him. If he's got wicked handles and he can run the point, we we might have to take Masoli. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like riding a bike. He'll just get right back into it. Yeah. Him and then I heard Zach Caleros and Trevor Harris are both shooters. Yeah, we might have to. We, we might have, have to run one them. shooter though, a six yeah. man off the okay. bench. Okay, six man off the bench. I I've never seen either of them shoot, but I mean, I can imagine either one of them running off some screens, getting us some clutch buckets. Yeah, yeah. Do we take them both? I mean, I feel like one of them could run the point at the very least if Mazzoli's not running the point. Yeah, that's true. We need. Because I was thinking like a Brandon Banks to run the point, but is he too too short? I mean, history tells us yes, but I mean, guys like IT make it work. So you just yeah. gotta, you just gotta, I, I need to hold an open tryout. I, yeah, need, that, I need to see we, the talent. We definitely need to see the talent because I'm 100% with you. Another guy I'm thinking who can probably just jump out of the uh, stadium is Brian Bennett. I don't know if he has a jumper, but I know he can actually jump. Mm-hmm. And probably I thought you were going to say Brian Burnham. Ooh, Brian Burnham might be a good one. I, It's so hard to tell. With I mean, we're just basing it off football athleticism, but you got to have a jumper for me for you to be on my team. Oh, we're you know play- who's actually goaded on the basketball floor? Bra- Braden Linnaeus. I'll take him. He's a big body. Yeah, he's huge, and he's got – like great athleticism. I feel I've seen him uh, dunk it on Instagram with ease. So we need some yam power. Yeah. See. So let's get our CFL players to start sending in some videos so we can make a a team. You know. Dude, I we need that, to make that, a that, Space that. Jam for the CFL. It'd be kind of fun to do. Uh, if we did like uh, Olympics with like a virtual Olympics, you pick you know like I don't know five players from each team. And then you do a virtual Olympics. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, like the most freak athletes the from each team, and then hold some events and stuff. Get get yeah, some charity like, on, raise some money. Yeah, get some charity. Like, have you run? I don't know. Say like a two miles and or bike five miles and send in your time, or have you video yourself? You know, jumping long jump or something like that. You know, that'd be a that lot would fun. be. That would be a lot of fun, and I think the fans would love it, and it'd give good content, I think, for the CFL. And you get to like see the personalities of some of these guys who you might not always like in interviews. Sometimes you got to like tone it down for for media and stuff. But like when people like you get to know them, they really open up and stuff. And that's the thing is, unfortunately, the media has burned so many people um, just trying to get a story and get clicks and stuff like that. And so guys are really standoffish, and so they give you the same cliche answers. And you really want these guys to just show their true personality and their true self. And you'll get that if they get to control the setting, I think. Like if imagine somebody filming themselves, I don't know, we'll have a dunk contest or something and they do a sweet dunk. Like 
them after that dunk and even before you'll get to see what kind of person they are and what kind of personality they have and, and mm-hmm. the competitive drive that they have. And I think that would be more fun than just, you know, obviously the media, uh, asking questions because I, I had a little bit of a run in just recently. And since we're on the topic, might as well talk about it. I did a, I do a radio show every Friday with uh, sports cage. And I talked about how I, never wanted to sign to the writers because I didn't think that Chris Jones um, personality and my personality would match. Mm-hmm. Well, a quote goes out that I claim I would never play for Chris Jones and all these media people are picking it up and they're just like, this is, you know, Rod Peterson show is like, this is so off brand for Cody. And like these people are reading this, a quote that I put without even listening to the whole interview and what I was talking about. And what I was really talking about was how Travis Houlet told me that coach Dickey and J.O. personality wise would match me and that would be a good fit for me and just kind of a self-awareness thing. And so I had to go on Twitter to defend myself. And it was just kind of, it was just one of those things that I struggled with because it was the first encounter where I had where the media was really out to try and burn me just for clicks as opposed to getting the true story out. Yeah, and I think the real problem comes when it's just like a lack of context and like especially if your answer is open and like honest who you are, sometimes like if you could cherry pick a few words from an answer, like those could really be taken out of context and look bad, but then like once you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, you're like, "Oh, that's what he meant." <laughs> and and that's the thing, and that's what I why I hate social media so much because the average everybody on social media, especially Twitter, is all about the right now and they're super lazy. So no one's gonna click on my actual interview and listen to a 30 minute segment. They're just gonna read the quote and then blow it out of proportion, right? And so mm-hmm. now I have like third down nation writing this whole article about how I wouldn't ever play for Chris Jones and he wasn't a match for me when really the whole article or the whole interview, I was just talking about how I didn't choose to reach out to Saskatchewan because I felt like it wasn't a good fit for me at the time. And now it's just become this huge blown out thing. And and people are commenting on who my personality and stuff like that. And it's just like, Oh, it was very exhausting to wake up to something every single day and to not just write what you feel every single time. And that's the hard part about athletes is everyone's got an opinion and I'm fine with that. But uh, at some point you're going to want to defend yourself. So you're not just continuing to take shot after shot after shot. Yeah. That, that gets to be like when you're worried about that stuff, a lot of other stuff that is more important gets, gets lost a little bit. So that's the, that's the hard part. Cause you want to be able to defend yourself, but you also don't want to spend time worrying about it. So it's like a catch 22. And, and the hard thing too is, you want I, I personally think the best way to get in touch with the fans is through the media. And so that's why I try and be as open and as honest as I can and show them my true colors. But when you get burned for something you say, it's like, that's why you see guys, you know, we talked to Zach last year. Zach was like, I'm just shutting the media out. And he barely ever talked to the media and he was pretty open about it, right? And so that's why you see these players with these cliche answers and these redundant answers and nobody willing to show themselves because they're just, people are just going to take what they hear and spin it however they want just so people can click on the article and, and read it. Do you, do you remember the Canada Day interview that I got um, <laughs> last year? I remember you talking about it. Dude, I was so embarrassed. Oh my God. <laughs> like just a just a briefly like to explain they're asking all sorts of questions on like Canadian history and like Canada in general and the provinces and who the 
who the prime ministers are and stuff like this. And I like, I'm just worrying about football and trying to stay on the team at this point. (laughs) And and I don't know any of it. And I'm just feel like I'm coming off as so like stupid. And yeah, and that's the last thing for you personally. That's the last thing you want to come off as, right? Cause your whole, (laughs) your whole brand is your brain. Like that's, I think of Isaac Harker and I think of his brand. It's I'm an intelligent guy who makes smart decisions and I rely a lot on my brain over my talent in terms of what I have been given. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. and that, and when someone attacks your strongest feature, (laughs) you're like, man, what the heck? And so for me, I'm, I'm my whole, I feel like my strength is my personality and being able to kind of connect with most people And then when people are attacking my personality or or my beliefs and who I am as a person, that's when I'm like, well, that's my strongest feat. And you're coming after me for that. And so I definitely I feel exactly how you feel uh, with that whole thing. And you're just like and now you're like when you interview with that same person, you're probably going to be like, well, I'm going to be a little bit more standoffish now because I'm going to put my guard up and make sure you don't make me look like an idiot. Yeah, just brief me a little bit on what we're going to talk about so I can prepare a little bit. I like being prepared. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing, our whole life, especially in sports, we're so prepared, right? We prepare each week for games and everything. And then you get to the media and there's no buffer. You just kind of have kind of an idea of what they're going to ask, but really any questions, fair game. And also the hardest thing I think about an athlete with interviews is you just gave your heart, sweat, blood, tears, everything on the field. And now not even two minutes later, they're sticking a mic in your face and trying to get a reaction from you and win, <laughs> win or lose. Right. And now that's so hard and you have to be so, so good with uh, the way you talk, the way you use your words and to not let your emotions come through your words, because there's plenty of times when you lose games and you go to the media and the last thing you want to do is be positive and cheery and nice. But uh, it's, we talk about this all the time. It's easy to be the villain. It's really hard <laughs> be the uh just the consistent positive guy and everybody would love to be the villain but nobody would actually actually love you (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a tough and i feel like we're being really hard on the media like sometimes it can be like so great and a useful tool but then we're we're talking about like the times where it can be really tough so there's two sides to every coin and that's and that's what i realized with this whole podcast which i think is cool i actually have a lot more respect for the media after doing this podcast all the work we have to prep when we do an interview with somebody all the work we have to prep to do just a background on them figure out what questions we're going to ask try and keep it the conversation flowing like that job is really hard to do and so there's some great people in the media and then there's some not so great people in the media and it's it's be- it's uh, unfortunate that the few bad apples kind of spoiled a bunch. Yeah, no doubt. And like like you said, when you get different guests and they have different personalities, sometimes you gotta like be able to speak to them in a way that'll get them to open up more and be more comfortable. Yeah. Where like my personality doesn't necessarily match with A, but with B, like I could get the most of them, and then like vice versa for you. You know what I mean? That's a great point too. Like sometimes I feel an interview is kind of like lolling out. And so I'm like, all right, well, I better inject some life into this interview. And then there's sometimes when the person interviewing is super charismatic and open and it's like, well, okay, let's give them the microphone. I don't always need the microphone to talk. So it's that happy medium you find. Um, but, but really I do have a lot more respect for the media and what they go through on a day-to-day basis just by doing it ourselves. Absolutely. 
Speaking of the media, the guy, the media, everybody wants to try and get him at every turn. LeBron James playing tonight. Yeah, what are you feeling? The Heat came out on fire last last game. Yeah, without Agabayo and Drogic, so hopefully. I, I think they, are they going to be back tonight? Are they going to be back tonight? Do I think you know? I think the big man is, but I don't think Drogic is back. It says, uh, let me look it up. Day to day for Adebayo mm-hmm. and Drogic, same thing. Day to day. Yeah, hopefully they get him back because I'd like to see it go to seven, as I'm sure everybody would. It's just so much more fun when the games are close. Like the first two games. The first half were great, and then the third and fourth quarter were boring because it was just blowout games, especially the first game. I wonder how many viewers they lost after that first game because yeah. it was such a blowout, and everyone's probably like, oh, the Lakers are going to just sweep them. And now with Miami winning and it's 2-1, it's going to be uh, – yeah, it's going to be fun to watch tonight. Anthony Davis has been playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see Jimmy Butler keep going at LeBron's throat. I think that just like the competitiveness in them both is what makes for a great watch. What do you feel about the uh, – everyone's making a huge thing about the the hero guy, his snarl. What yeah. do you think about that? The <laughs> do I don't yeah. think it's as badass as everybody else thinks it is, but like it's pretty cool. Well, I'm getting split on it. I, some people think it's badass. Some people think it's cocky. Like he had a rough game I heard. And I didn't get to watch the game, but I heard he had a rough game. He made a couple threes late, but he was missing a lot of shots, but still taking shots. And then he snarls, and people are like, dude, you didn't do anything this game. It's not like you were Jimmy Butler and dropped four, a triple-double 40. I think that almost means more to him, though. Like, I was struggling, I was struggling, and then late I come alive and, like, have huge buckets for my team. Like, that's what the snarl was about. I don't think it's like, hey, I'm better than everybody else. It's like, hey, I'm overcoming a bad shooting night to help us win a critical game. Yeah. No doubt that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point too. And he's young. He's the youngest guy to ever start an NBA finals. 19 years old. Is he 19? I was going to say 20. Yeah. 19 years old, still a teen and you're playing against the best player in the world and you're out on the biggest stage. That guy's not going to be able to drink the champagne if they win. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. That's so much drama in the locker room. They win. You nope. Uh, we got you apple cider. <laughs> that would be hilarious. He gets to the locker room, they win, and there's one apple cider in his locker. <laughs> we got you a Lacroix. Yeah. Dude, oh have man. You, have you seen that interview with uh, Sean White after he won like the X Games, like eight gold medals in the X Games, and they're like, "Yeah, what'd you do?" Like on the way back, he's like, "Oh, it was awesome on the on the plane ride back. Like the flight attendants just taking care of us, bringing us snacks, bringing us drinks, like all that." She's like, "Drinks." You're not even 21 yet. And he goes, I'm talking about Mountain Dew, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Mountain Dew loved that, I bet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did you uh, – are you a big Mountain Dew guy? Uh, No. My my family loves Diet Dew. Diet Dew, huh? Mm -hmm. I've been scared ever since I was a little kid, and it said that it lowers your sperm count. I've been scared to drink it ever since. Cause my number one fear in this in this world, my num- I got two big my two biggest fears. You want to hear them? Yes. Okay. Number one is probably space. There's so much uncertainty and things that we haven't discovered in space. Like when I just think about the galaxy and the space and all that's out there, it freaks me out and kind of gives me the weebie jeebies. So that is like you want to talk about space. I'm gone. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is not being able to have kids. That is a scary thought for me. 
because your lineage lives on and that's how you do it. And you have kids and that's part of, you know, growing up and, and wanting to, and for me personally, being able to play professional sports is amazing, but to have a son or even a daughter and just to pass on athletic genes and just my experiences with them is I think what it's all about. And so that, those are my two greatest fears huh. in this world. Yeah. Those sound pretty animalistic fears, bro. <laughs> You're like a Neanderthal with those fears. <laughs> give me, give me some of yours. Maybe it'll, uh, no, I'm not, yeah, it wasn't like negative. It's just like I am scared of things I don't know and not being able to carry on my lineage. Like that was your two <laughs> biggest fears. Yeah, um, but those are definitely my fears. Now, if you want to talk about like things I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of snakes. Like yeah, I'm normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, but those are my biggest like whoa. I'm scared right now. I'm trying to think of my biggest woe. You're not afraid of anything, huh? No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I, I fear no man. <laughs> um, the, my most common recurring nightmare is not being prepared for something. How about the athlete nightmare? Everybody has them. And all those, all the, our listeners who played maybe in high school sports or college sports, um, everyone, all athletes have this dream. Tell me if you had this. You're at the game. And you can't find your cleats yep. or you can't find your helmet the, or you as a quarterback, I've had this dream. I can't throw the ball. Have you ever had that? Uh, no, I haven't had that one. Oh man. That's brutal. Like a guy's wide open on a deep post and I can't throw the ball. Oh yeah. dude. That just gave yeah. me the chills. I know it was brutal. It, those are brutal ones. Those are almost more brutal than the ones where you're not playing in the game because at least you forget your cleats and you're like, Oh, well I just, I can't play. Now, <laughs> now figuring you're in the game and you're trying to play and you just can't, you're not talented and you can't even throw the ball at the quarterback position like that. That is tough for me. Yeah. That's cringe for sure. I've had the, I've had the, you, you try and run and you can't like you're in quicksand. Like you can't run. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I've had that a few times, but I've had the not be able to throw much more. Huh. Yeah. On, on the topic, I used to have, I mean, I, I still probably do, but I haven't had it in a long time. I used to have sleep paralysis. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Like night terrors, like where you can't talk or move and you're up and you. Yeah. And you're, I feel like your eyes are open, but mm -hmm. you can't, move. You, you just feel like you're paralyzed and like. It gives me the chills to this day, but like there's times I'm laying, like this was in college. I think it was just the stress of school and football and everything. Every time I, I would go back and take a nap before practice, I would have these night terrors. I think feel like I was just in such a deep sleep. Um, I would be laying there and I could open my eyes and I would see a, like a black figure coming at me and I couldn't move. And most of the, and I, so I did a lot of research on it. And most of these sleep paralysis things come with these night terrors where it's something, uh, like that. So now with my wife, um, she knows if I wiggle my feet, cause I can move my feet if I'm wiggling my feet to wake me up. And so she's woke me up out of a few night terrors. I don't, I haven't had one in a long time, but, um, when we were in college together, she, she would be able to wake me up, um, out of my sleep. That's pretty clutch. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, I think that's just about going to do it for episode 17 of the Rouge Report. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to like and subscribe and to review the podcast wherever you watch it it helps us out a ton so thank you for that and obviously sending in your guys's uh segments that you think would be pretty fun we are here to listen and we're here to add anything we can to each and every episode thank you for listening to the rouge report 
presented by Young's Equipment, a Rough Rider podcast. The Rouge Report is brought to you by Young's Equipment, your case IH dealer in Southern Saskatchewan. Young's is home to a wide selection of new and used case IH combines to meet your needs for any size farm. Their experienced technicians and wide selection of parts will keep you running all season. Go to youngs.ca and use the podcast code ROUGE, R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a writer's prize package.